indeed it's us and we back welcome back to the most favorite and most exciting sports podcast to listen to yeah welcome back to the donald and donald podcast double d barbershop sports baby and you know we're coming at you straight off script people Give you that brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Go ahead and pull up a chain. Let's chop it up. Absolutely. We got an excellent show for you on tap. Let's chop it up. D, my man. What's going on? Listen, now, uh, let's talk about how the West was lost. I'm talking about at an all-star game, man. Oh, my goodness. West, 186, East, 211. I was looking at this thing, and we know it's an offensive battle. That's what it is. Defense, I don't even know why they even got fouls in the game. But uh, K-Town for the West had 50 points. SGA backed him up with 31. For the East... Halliburton had 32, uh, Damon Leonard had 39, and Jalen Brown had 36. D. Leonard uh, popped that MVP. How you feel? Uh, it's it's mixed emotions because I I understand, like you said, I understand it's the All Star game, and then defense has never been the vocal point of the All Star game. But growing up, this is not what I've seen in the All Star game. I grew up watching players like Kobe and Chris Paul team up for the West and look at each other and be like, yeah. We finna go at him. We finna go out here and win this game. I seen Kobe slap the floor and guard LeBron from 94 feet. I done seen these things. And to This weekend, I didn't see nobody even attempt a lick of defense. And that's why you end up with a 211-point game. <laughs> exactly. Didn't um my man, uh, what was it, um, Steph Curry asked AD to play some defense? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, bro, what are we? And like... I, I heard this. I heard a take on it. It was saying it's supposed to be the greatest pickup game in the world. It's supposed to be the greatest pickup game in the world. No, I've seen better pickup games at LA Fitness. <laughs> this is it, it is it's bad, man. Because it's like, what what do I what incentive do I have to watch it anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, you, we talk about all the events during All Star Weekend. Those are great. The slam dunk contest. The pill is three lost. point shoot, highly competitive. All of those all things, things are real. Are great. Skills challenge, all, all that's highly competitive. Are great. It's just, I want to see a basketball game. <laughs> you know what? I, yeah, it's cool to see, but you think of it. They've been doing the dunk contest for how long? Mm-hmm. How many more dunks are we going to be able to see? How many more dunks are y'all going to be able to come up with? We've pretty much seen it all. Yeah. You're going to spin. You gonna you jump gonna, over somebody, hand in the basket, leap over, over, over a car, throw it over something, jump okay. over people. We get it. <laughs> we get it. Like that's the thing. The only thing that excites me really now is the skill challenge. People don't take seriously. Anthony Edwards was shooting, shooting his three pointers in that part uh, left handed. So it's like they don't take it seriously. The three point shooting thing is they people who shoot they take it more serious. The three point competition is the only thing that it seems people take more serious. And that's a problem. <laughs> I got you. That's a problem, man. It, 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 even, you? even, I, I didn't mean to cut, even um, the the twenty twenty, the right after the Kobe Bryant passing, they did that new where they had the target score. At the end of that game, the intensity was there. They hyped it up. People was trying to actually go out and win that game. I remember that game. LeBron, he did his thing so right can, there at the end to make that thing you happen. Can fix it. That's what, you can fix it. Now, still, they're going to have to want to do it, but that, when you put a target score on it, it's not like we're running up and down for 48 minutes 
the game, you could tell the game was out of reach by halftime. Mm-hmm. So now we don't have, a, we really don't have a reason to play now. So it's like, you, I just think you got to do something to change it, to give something to fans. Give us something to actually watch other than how many half-court shots can y'all make. Right, right. I mean, you, you was like, like you know what, Dame Leonard, he like put one foot literally over half-court and shot. Oh, Luka Doncic, two for one. He shot it from the other team's free throw line. <laughs> what do you think they need to do to fix it, man? Because like you said, this is an exciting uh, part uh, for, you know, for the fans, for the people to see. And like they say, it's supposed to be the best of the best, the ASG, the All-Star game, the top echelon, uh, everything it is about basketball itself. What do they need to do to fix this thing, man, so, so they don't, you know. So I've heard a couple suggestions. One, the one I really don't agree with is making the winner of the Eastern, I'm making the winner's conference. Whoever, whatever team makes it to the finals, they they suggest they get home court advantage. I don't agree with that one because it might be a team who don't have any all stars at all. Mm. The East win, they end up going on a run. You know that that can get that can get tricky. Right. Or you, you, the AFC ends up making it to the finals like the Miami Heat did last year, and just because they conference won an all star game, they get home court. That could change the whole. Series, so I don't really like that one. Um, go back, you the twenty twenty option, the the Elam uh score thing when you got the target score. That's an option. We've seen that actually work. Right. And then the only other thing I can think of is giving it some type of incentive. Wanting team get some type of like the in season tournament. Those guys was out there really trying to earn that extra paycheck. Right. So you know, money's always a great motivator. Mm-hmm. Give them some type of incentive to make it actually. Because once you're there, you you get the all-star. You know what I'm saying? You get the all-star nod. You get the star on your jacket next year. You get all those things. that Actually, winning the game doesn't matter. So make it matter. Right. I got make you. it matter. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about something as you were speaking on that. Usually, I know it's been like really the person with the most points, really written MVP. This was a little tricky because it wasn't like that. It was a very close uh, scoring when it came on the east side with Halliburton and Dame Leonard and, and Jay Brown. All of them was in the, um, you know, had 30 pieces or whatever. So do you feel that the right person won the MVP even in this really wild game? Um, I don't think so. Who do you think should have won that thing? Uh, Tyrese. Mm-hmm. I think Hallie yeah. should have won it. He, yeah. had, he had the 32. Um, they assist matches, but then he also got seven rebounds, and he was way more efficient than Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard took th- 11 more shots than him and only scored seven more points. Right. So mm-hmm. it's things like that, but I, it's the all-star game, and you know whoever scored the most on that winning team most likely will walk away with it. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of interesting to me kind of how that uh, went about because I was looking at a couple of different things and kind of like broadening the picture, looking at the whole type thing. First of all, who do we have coaching the East? Uh, who was it? Doc Rivers. Doc, yeah, Doc. All right, so with that being said and everything, it was like if he can't get it done uh, with a bunch of all-stars, I know he can't get it done in Milwaukee. I'm, I'm just saying. Just think about it for a second, all right? Then you got the one that gets the MVP. I'm not saying, you know, it's highly debatable whether or not he even should have received it. We got it. Great player. Not taking nothing from him. But I like to say at the same time, it was kind of like he was trying to put a statement out there like maybe we still here. Maybe I still got what this team needs to win. 
And then you got the East or whatever and everything. They took it. I think it's like, I don't know. Maybe they felt like they was going to take and they had to win this game because we had talked about it before in the last game. We was like over under 150 apiece. Uh, and, you know, and then we kind of felt that maybe the West would win this thing at double digits. But this is right here. It was just unforeseeable. Yeah. Uh, the West has one of the – if you look at this roster – this is one of the greatest collections of talent we've ever seen on one all-star team. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest. Like, if you're some 10 years from now, you look at this team, you're going to be like, there's no way. There's no way they lost, let alone allowed 211 points. Exactly. That's my point. That's crazy to me. It is... It's baffling. <laughs> it's, like, it's, no, it's no way to put into words what that all-star game was. Mm. It was it, it was a, a struggle to watch. Yeah. It was really a struggle. I had to sit and force myself to sit and watch the game and make myself laugh mm-hmm. at some of the stuff they were. When I seen Luka Doncic do the, the, the three-fourth court shot, I had to make myself laugh at it. <laughs> because I, I understand. And Luka's the guy, you know, he's the guy who don't care at all. Mm-hmm. He don't care at all. He's mm-hmm. just out there having, him and Yoke is just out there having fun. Right. So he, and then he went in the halftime and tweeted about the shot. Oh my God. He said two for one analytics with a winky face. <laughs> so you can tell, they don't, take, they don't take it seriously at all. They don't care about it at all. Yeah. But it's just like, man, if I'm going to sit here and watch this for three hours, yeah, I at least want some type of competitive basketball. Like you said, they're going to have to do something, man, because it appears like the All-Star game, the ASG is circling the drain now, man. You know what I mean? They, they talk about getting rid of it completely now. That's how bad it's got. Yeah. So, like I say, hopefully they'll be able to do something about it. I take, and I just wanted to put out this one more point and a, a ice tray. He only had five points. Salty. Uh, but he just didn't get no point. Just didn't put it up. I, yeah, he only took six shots. Yeah. He only, I think he played the least out of that whole All Star team. Yeah. Uh, it, I just feel it's some residual. It's That's go, all. Yeah, it's go. It's not going. He already had the chip on his shoulder. Yeah, y'all stingy. just made it bigger. Yeah, added some more salt to it. <laughs> Exactly. I got you. Well, that's cool. Check this out. Well, you know, we better get right back to business, baby. We got games on tap in the NBA. 12 to be exact. Listen to Noy. I want to talk to you about these couple matchups, man. And let's see what we can pull out of this thing and get a little chop analysis on it. We got the Mavs. No, no. We got the Magic and the Cavs. I want you to talk a little bit more about... Benchero's play in the second half of this thing, you know, like you said, need to play big boy ball, uh, step out of the kiddie pool, going to the deep end, you know, take the little floaties off. Uh, what do you need to do, man? Uh, it's not really him. I mean, he leads in points, rebounds, and assists for this team. It's nothing really more he can do. Uh, he's still, what, second year? He's sitting at 23-7-5. Great numbers for a second-year player. Um, Who needs to step up then? It's going to have to be a combination of that. We talked about this earlier in the season about how they do their guards by community, by everybody chips in, everybody has a guard. Bar. by committee. Yeah, so they're going to have to figure that out because Markel Fultz has kind of slipped out of that. Um, and, you know, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony still trying to find their foot in, in the league. They do have spurts. They do have flashes in the pen. But they're trying to find that foot in. I, I think it's going to be heavy on what? I'm not worried about Paolo. I'm pretty sure what he's gonna he's gonna keep up his level of play. I think it's really gonna be on Franz Wagner and that group of guards. Right. Okay. To, to see how far they're gonna actually take this thing. Mm-hmm. Now you know we talked about it. We mentioned about Spider Man, Donovan Mitchell getting it together with the, the other ones that's on his team. You think they're gonna be able to figure this thing out so they can make a strong run in the East? 
uh, right now they're sitting in second mm-hmm. in the East. Um, and we talked about it. They're a talented team, kind of flying under the radar, which is crazy when you're the number two team. But you don't hear a lot of people talking about the Cavaliers. Um, they do have a legit star in Donovan Mitchell. They got great defenders in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. They got a shifty point. And Darius Garland. So they got a lot of pieces out there. And I'm still waiting on them to call up Imani Bates, who's been killing it in the G League. And that'll just give them something else. To, you know, um, Maybe that'll be their second-half secret weapon. Maybe. You know, he's just sitting there in the G League just getting up shots. That's really what you send them down to the G League for, to get up their shots and get comfortable taking their shots. So he, especially when he's already shown he can score the ball, he's had multiple 30-plus games. Like, he's showing... He can get professional buckets. Big boy buckets. So it's like, I don't think it's a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. Right. So, and that's what, they'll be, they'll be exciting to see. Um, I don't think anybody can afford to overlook them. Right. I don't think anybody in this conference can overlook the Cavaliers. Yeah. Because they can, they can catch y'all slipping. If y'all don't come in, I'm thinking about the Celtics. I'm thinking about the Bucks. If y'all don't come in. On especially that Bucks team, we know what y'all what y'all be doing. So if y'all don't come in one hundred and ten percent locked in and focused on what y'all need to do, this Cavaliers team will expose you. you get bounced in the first round, man. I got you. Listen, you got the Nets and the Raptors. Uh, 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 Scotty Barnes, man. You know uh, he he's playing he's playing good. Apparently, it seems to be his team. About maybe even by default. Uh, uh, even if he plays, his, you know, out of his mind, I mean, just straight out of his socks, uh, do you think that the Raptors will make any kind of noise at all when it comes to this uh, this coming up right now? Um, I don't, I don't see them being able to make up enough ground. The only person I see them being able to, because I don't think the Bulls hold on to that that spot they're in, that non-spot. So maybe the. Because I imagine the Hawks jump them. So maybe they can jump them Bulls and get in the 10, but they'll have to jump Brooklyn too. Right. And, and right now, I think Brooklyn is the better team just because of they have a more complete roster. They didn't blow it up. They didn't blow it up. Mm-hmm. So they do have the more complete roster. Um, just going forward, it'll be there's going to be a lot on Scotty Barnes and R.J. Barrett to see what they can do scrape out of this team because it's not y'all aren't terrible y'all are it is a little bad five games <laughs> five yeah, games yeah. behind ten is a lot right, to try to overcome right. I, and I'm very interested in R.J. Barrett's play man I mean it's like this. I think he's really like playing for like uh as far as starting roles, uh, playing for, uh, would he become a six-man? Would he be leading a second squad? Uh, I think, you know, he is supposed to be in a place where he's more comfortable playing now. And I think it's going to be a situation where he's really going to have to show what he's made of, man, because there's been so much hit and miss up until this point. Yeah, that first couple games, he did look like being back in Canada was going to serve him right. It wasn't going to do him um, some type of justice. But like you said, just the, the inconsistency of him uh, right now, Toronto is the place where he's he's I don't want to say like he's fighting for a career, not in the sense of he'll be unemployed, but in the sense of what you'll leave on the table. He could get lost in the rotation. What you'll leave on the table, I'm thinking of where you were taken and what that sets you up for just because you were taken that high. It sets you up. I'm just thinking career wise. Right. It sets you up to always be considered one of the main guys. It sets you up to always be in that top two of you got to get touches. We got to get you going. We got to 
whenever you're taking that high, they're planning on either is raw, either you're generational, either you're at Luca, Winby, something like that, or it's strictly potential. So RJ Barrett, I feel, was a potential pick. They they picked him based off of his potential. He has to keep growing. If you stay at this stagnant level right here, that's what I mean by you're going to see yourself dropping further and further down that rotation. You're going to see those contracts get smaller and smaller, and you're going to see these opportunities become less and less frequent. Right, right. I got you. So you think he's going to be able to answer the challenge, or we're going to see very soon? Yeah, we just going to have to see. Because yeah. I, I still believe he's a talented guy. I, You know, I watched him at Duke. Uh that Zion year going up against Carolina and Kobe White, like it was battles. And RJ Barrett was a big. People forget how big RJ and Cam Reddish was to that team just because of the, you know, the aura that Zion has. Right. But they were. Cam Reddish won them a couple games. RJ Barrett, I want to say, was the leading scorer for the majority of that year. So the talent's there. You have to have that mindset too. You have to have that weather at all. You know weather every storm and, and still think you're going to come out on top. Right, exactly. Because, you know, once you get to this level, man, you got people just as good as you and even better. So you got to show what you're made of. Undrafted is just as good as you. So. Right, exactly. And, and that's the thing. They're hungrier. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to... That's given. They're going to come in hungrier than you. Mm-hmm. You got that You got that money. You got your spot. You, that's the thing. When you come in that high, they're not going to cut you. They're not going to just let you walk out of here. We just spent third, fourth pick on you. The undrafted, they know. Yeah, I could be here today working at Papa John's tomorrow. Right, and you know if you're hungry, you gotta eat. So- <laughs> that makes sense. Check this out. Now, this next little matchup that we're considering and talking about between the Knicks and the 76ers, the first thing that just just stands out to me is health wise. Okay, we already had mentioned before, man. The New York Knicks have got to get healthy. Not sure exactly how long or much longer that uh, Joel Embiid is going to take and be out, but we know uh, that's hanging in the balance as far as the success of the 76ers. Uh, how you feel about this matchup? And I'll sort of help to both teams, man, and Tyrese Maxey's play. Uh, I feel like both these teams is in the same spot. Um, it's a little more serious with the 76ers um, just because of, first off, the injury is, is a serious one. Um, and then what he means to that team is, is you take him out, they're a completely different team. They're a completely different team. The goals completely shift. Everything's different. Um, now, the Knicks, I they're they're in the same category except it's they took out one guy and it's a collapse. The Knicks, yes, they didn't lose their star player, but they lost three, four really important ones. You you losing Julius Randle, OG Adenobi, Bogdanovich ain't stepped on the court yet. Mitchell Robinson is out. Uh, so is Hartenstein is game time decision. So it's like I don't even know who's gonna show up. In New York, it might be the hot dog man outside the college. <laughs> he might get he some might get a jersey, you know. Man. So it, it, <laughs> popcorn for everybody. Both of these teams, is, <laughs> it's just going to depend on. Because you see, the Knicks is just steadily dropping down this ranking without these players being available. Yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, Joel Embiid can get back before it gets too late. But um, uh, if, if he do get back and he's able to stay healthy, uh, will he will it be back into the contending talk again, or will it be too late? Because he's missed a lot of time. Yeah, he's missed a lot of time. And I just think the 76ers didn't do enough to to feel that. Because we talked about them being contenders, but we always did have them behind 
the Celtics and the Bucks. I, the Bucks was more proactive. They went and got a Patrick Beverly. They went and did things to to help their weak spots. The Celtics, we already knew their situation. They are the best team in the NBA when everybody's playing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's the only other team who can compete with or compete in the aspect of what we put out on the floor is the Clippers. Yeah, since the Clippers have figured it out, they've been you know smoking look, red hot. So I only go off results. I don't go off of how I, I go off results. These are the two best teams in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Now, it can change. We got, what, 30-something games left, 28. Around that 28, 30-something games left. It can change. I'm not saying that. Right now, today, on February 22nd, <laughs> these are the two best teams in the NBA. Right. So, in the 76ers, yes, you lost Joel, which puts a thorn in your plans. Yes. Even with Joel, though, you guys didn't do enough. To make me think, okay, Joel has what he needs to beat Jason Tatum and what he has. Or he has enough to beat Giannis and what he has. No, even we talked about it, even the Knicks after that trade that they did. Does Joel have enough to beat what Jalen Brunson has? I don't know. So it's like now, then you trade Patrick Beverly. He's the energy guy. Right. I don't see nobody else taking that spot on that team. So it's like, it, to me, you kind of took a step backwards. Traded away a lot and, and left a lot on the table, man. Didn't really get anything back from it in the show. Do y'all see the writing on the wall, too? <laughs> Apparently. Think about it. Listen, how about this one right here? Well, you, you got the Pistons and the Pacers, okay? We know who the, the Pacers are, man. Tyrese Halliburton and all them boys and everything. But we really hadn't, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the, the Pistons, man, we, we hadn't talked about them in a while. You know, I know that they're young. I know that they're trying to get it all together or whatever. But do you ever think they're going to get back to that bad boys mentality, man? Don't get back to that win, their winning ways? Because the only thing that they really active in is the losing streaks. You know what I mean? How long do you think it's going to take for this whole franchise? to turn around uh, it's tough because I like I like the group of talent they got that's not the problem I think the problem is starting from the head up you gotta establish the same thing we say about the Hornets you gotta establish some type of culture some type of this is our identity this is what we can hang our hats on every single night it, ain't, it might not have nothing to do with basketball. It might not. Mm-hmm. It could be your attitude. It could be we're not laying down. It it don't got to do nothing to do with basketball. You talked about culture before and things you know, like that. You could be coachable. We could we could we don't even have to win games. Just put something on the wall that says one percent better every day. If we could see that, okay, cool. If y'all come out and say this is what we're working towards, and we can actually see that. I would have no problem with it because, like you said, they are a young team. They are a team who's shifting a lot in and out. They're doing that. They're they're switching coaches every single season. So I I'm I'm giving them some type of leeway because I understand, especially with not having a a vet. They don't have no veteran presence in that locker room. So I can understand how hard it now. Eight brings is inexcusable regardless. I'm not excusing that. I'm just saying in the big picture of it, you have to get something established that's deeper than basketball. Right. It has to be bigger than basketball. So basically, they really like searching for their identity. And I think Cunningham, man, it's, it's almost like it's, it's wasted and, points every night. And I feel bad for him because there's there's people screaming for him to get traded. And there was a game, I just remember this clip vividly. They said, K, they need to trade you. Like a fan of the K, they need to trade you. K looked at him and said, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, think about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like <laughs> they'll really have nothing then, though. It'll be over. Oh my! It'll be goodness. over. Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Well, check this out right here. This could be a Western Conference Finals, man. We just don't know. Uh, you got the, uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavs, okay? All right, we know how it is. It seems like Bradley Beal, he's coming around, uh, making his presence a little bit more known. We know uh, D-Book, he can take it. He can get hot at any given night. And we know that uh, taking KD is a walking double-double anyway. Uh, you take you got Luka, you got Kyrie, his thumb, his ankle, his feet, his toes, his nose. Ain't none of that really hurting no more. Right, you, got, you got Lively, he back in the lineup, you know, making it do what it do. You got P.J. Washington, he just waiting for a dunk or two. All right, so tell me about this matchup, man. Suns and the Mavs. Holler at me. Um, right now, with Bradley Bill still, whatever he got going on, he he is in and out still. Uh, he's a game time. This is in the night. Uh, it, with that situation going on, they don't have the depth that because. With Bradley Bill out, you got to think, two for two. You got Kevin Durant, you got Luka. I think they wipe each other out. You got Devin Booker, you got Kyrie. That, that, that's debatable. It's close. You can you can go either way, but I'm going to go, they wipe each other out. Then you start looking at this roster beneath that. Come on, man. What do you got? Come on, man. <laughs> what are we doing? The best thing y'all can throw out on the floor, really, is Grayson Allen. Come on, man. <laughs> And that's the problem that people's been saying. That's what people's been saying was going to be the Phoenix Suns' problem. Their depth, their inability to bring in depth. They don't have any. Because you, you you gave three players all your money. And then you brought in Nurkic. And I'm pretty sure he ain't getting paid nickels and pennies. So, okay. Y'all made your bed. <laughs> Time to lay in it. And, I, and it's just. And then you get to the, you get to the trade deadline. You get to the trade deadline, a team who's already comparable with you makes moves to get better. On the other hand, this is where we at. Y'all just said, okay. <laughs> and I should have known. Kevin Durant don't even like to go get a haircut. So, <laughs> and he don't, he don't seem like a person who's concerned with too much of anything. Oh, my goodness. All right, we'll leave it at that and keep it moving. Listen, now you got the Clippers, and then you got O. KC. All right. Uh, how you feel about SGA, man? Alexander, his uh, play so far, man, because you know how uh, very competitive the Clippers are. Uh, you got OKC. They very look, looking uh, nothing but upside. Uh, very competitive. Uh, they're on the younger side, but you think they're going to give them a run tonight? Um, I think the Thunder do. Uh, strictly off of, you know, I always look for the little motivations. I look for the small little motivations. The, the Clippers traded shit. To get that Paul George deal done. Mm-hmm. If I'm Shay, I'm looking at it like, I bet y'all wish y'all had me now. A, a 31 six and a half with two steals. I bet y'all wish y'all had me. <laughs> I, I know it's, I know y'all figured it out. I know it's looking good right now, but ain't none of them me. And ain't none of them as young as me either. Right. So it's like y'all gave up me for instant success. And how'd that work out for y'all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I came to a place we took the long world. We we took the long route. And we in the same place right now. We in the same exact spot. Stay in power. We in the same. And we might be we actually we're a little ahead of y'all because y'all started <laughs> off slow. <laughs> so, hey, I won. And I, I, I feel like he's going to win tonight. And Doc Rivers kind of ignited that back. He kind of ignited that conversation back up because Doc's just playing that that 
pointing the finger game right now. And he, he pointed the finger at Kawhi Leonard, who ain't got nothing to do with nothing right now. But he mentioned Kawhi, and, you know, Kawhi wanted Paul. He wanted PG to come to L.A. And Kawhi, I mean, Doc told him, like, hey, Shay, I know he's young, but, hey, Shay, right. Shay is the real deal. And Kawhi was, was, you know, he was stuck on Paul George. So I just think having that being re-brought up, then you know, say he's gonna have that machismo from just going and dropping thirty in the All Star game. You know, I, I just I think, and it's a it's a it's a statement game for this young team. We're going up against a Finals MVP, right? Mister Triple Double, uh, a former MVP, PG thirteen. You know, they say PG got his own theme music now. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, man, we the number two team in the league. Like we, we, we here now. We not, we not the thunder that y'all was looking down on. Y'all was so worried about our draft picks that Sam Presti done gathered up. We don't even worry about them now. We really gonna mess y'all up when we bundle these draft picks up and go get a star. So it's like y'all need to give some more respect to these Thunders, and I think that's, I just think that's the energy they're playing with night in and night out. Right, right. They're they're really trying to earn their respect. Yeah, and I think they're doing a real good job at it, man. It's gonna be be very fun to watch because, like you said, he's gonna take this team places, and like, and then he has a a good foundation to go along with it, and teammates that can play as well. Yeah. The Thunder did this thing beautifully. Right, right. And it's gonna, like I say, it's gonna be very fun to watch. Listen, you got the Rockets and the Pelicans. Uh, now, when it comes to the Rockets, we already know we need to get a little bit more consistency, a little bit more efficiency from Jalen Green. All right. And then, uh, it, it, has Zion uh, uh, took this team back as far as the Pelicans is concerned, or will it still be Ingram's? I think they went more. Uh, it's nobody's team. Okay. It's it's we gotta we gotta just look for the hot hand on whatever night it is. Look for the open shots because I think that was the problem. Two guys who know they can, you know, two guys who know they can lead a team, trying to do just that. Um, so it they kind of just fell back into the let's just play team ball. Let's not really worry about the number. I think that's the only reason they didn't have an all star this this year. Cause I'm pretty sure Brandon Ingram's an all star talent. Zion Williamson is an all star talent. So you look at things like that. It's just they're focusing on getting wins now and not really focusing on their numbers anymore. Right. So how far you feel they can go, man? You know, um, if they if they put this thing together, because you know they have had a couple little mini win streaks going on and everything through the first half of the season. So the second half of the season has to look even up and a little bit better with that. And like you say, those two individuals they could be having a little chip on their shoulder for not getting a nod on that. So right now they're sitting at six. So they can avoid the play-in altogether if they keep up. You know, just stay level right now. Um, it, they can do that, being fresh, coming in, having those young legs. You know, CJ McCollum's the oldest player on their team. That's not crazy to say. Um, they could catch some people up because they're a talented team. They have legit talent on this team. So they can catch a team off guard. Now, can they beat them? four times to get to a next run. Right. That's the thing I, I would have to see. Yeah, that's the question mark right there. I got you. Should be great. Listen, now, <clears throat> you got the Celtics and the Bulls, okay? But before we get to that, uh, I take I need to talk to you about something real quick. So, JT from BC, he had a little interview, a little chop-up session, and he quoted this as this. He said, it's tough when you have success early. That was Jason Tatum's words. Chop that up for me and tell me. Translate it. 
because you have talked about that before. Yeah, it early is, success. It's tough because any sign of a drop off, and they're going to write you off. They're going to write it off as he was a fluke. He wasn't really that guy. He, you know, they're going to find a way to try to break you down as soon as as soon as you slip in any manner. We've seen it with. Perfect example is Russell Westbrook. Early success. A lot of great early success. Walking triple-double. You know, then you go, you 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 get to teams where you're not winning as much. Your numbers drop a little bit. Then you get to the Lakers. Your numbers drop even more, and they not winning. You've seen how they dogged Russell Westbrook. They changed his government name. So it's like, so that's what he's saying is, is I can only go up because if I only if you know you walk like one foot in front of the other if for one reason this left foot don't move on the right crew is it don't move with the other foot for some reason I'm I'm lagging I'm snagging and for whatever reason it is they're gonna write me off as a fraud and it's way harder to get back there once you know once you were there and you fall you fall off a little bit, it's so harder to get back to. And I, I think I've, I've seen that um, interview where he, they asked him, Are you the, do you think you could be the face of the league? He said he feels like it's mine for the taking. That's right. You do have an opportunity to take that. You also have guys who are right there with you, like a Luka. Victor's in the league now. So it's, he under, I think he understands that I can't let up. Because as soon as I do, you can be forgotten. Right. So you, <clears throat> right now it's more of a maintenance thing and going up. Yeah. Uh, you can't no no. It can't be a step back at once or whatsoever. You know, we talk about how pressure can bust a pipe. You know, check the episode out. It's there. Um, he feels that. It's right there at him. You know what I mean? And I, you know, he's talking about KP. He was the other person that we needed on this team. You know what Jalen Brown can do on any given night. Okay. You taking. You got all of these wonderful players that he's playing with. It's here. It's now. It's time. Because, like you said, man, he's he looking for that ring. I think he's very hungry, and they uh, it's a possibility that they can get it done. But I think he feels it now more than ever, especially with the second half of the season on his way. Yeah, then with that's the thing with all the accolades and all the recognition that he is getting. I mean, people are recognizing him. People are giving him his flowers. They're acknowledging it, how good he is. They're acknowledging his greatness. He understands that once you get all of that out the way once people recognize that you're actually legit the only thing that can keep you there is championship success mm-hmm. MVPs and all that that's cool it's fine it, it's it's a notch on your belt but without that that stamp that 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 big thing the final mission that big boss at the end of the game without that it's all for naught it's all void it doesn't matter and he understands that yeah, I took it because when I heard it and I thought about it, I was thinking about AI, one of the greatest of all times. You know, Charles Barkley had a wonderful and great, excellent career. All right, we know they they no longer playing the game. They never did get to the top mm-hmm. and get that done. And then you have Joel Embiid. He kind of popped in my head. He's still in the league and he ain't got there and yet. He, he came off an of MVP, and you seen he. It was not. It was not coming into this year. It was not. Oh, is is Joel Embiid's league? Is Joel Embiid's league? Is he's the MVP? He's the no. It was. What Joel Embiid gonna do this year? <laughs> right. Can he, what yeah. can he show us this year? There you go. What can he? Can he get past the second round? The MVP went out the window, and that went out the. It didn't even take an offseason. It went out the window as soon as you lost in the second round. As soon as you lost in the second round, they said, "Yeah, 
that MVP should have been Nicholas. Mm. So it's like you gotta understand that. And what will help Jason is that he's not hiding from it. He's not running from it. He's facing it face on. He's he's to comment on it, to have that, to say something about it, to acknowledge it, basically break that fourth wall of I hear y'all. I know what y'all want to see. I'm going to give it to y'all. Right, right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. He's not making an excuse. He has never made an excuse. He's never came out and said, yeah, we didn't win because of this. I think the closest he came to was that Kyrie year. And it was just because people wanted to hear why it didn't work. So ever since then, he's, he just put his head down and going to work. And he's consistently got better to put himself in this conversation. Right. So think about this for a second. I need your, uh, your thought process. Uh, if the Boston Celtics can't get it done this season, can they get it done? Because I think it's like you say, it may be primed in time for the taking right here, right now. They're smoking red hot. But if the Boston Celtics do not get it done this year, can they? Um, I don't think the duo, if they don't get it done this year, I don't think the duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can get it done. Mm-hmm. I just think they're they're too similar for me. Like they both want majority want to score the ball. That's mainly what both of them want to do. They're not I'm they can pass the ball, but they're not really playmakers. They're not really facilitators in that aspect of the game. Um yeah, they both play great defense. Or right, I think Jalen Brown plays great defense and Jason Tatum is he's serviceable. He, he he's long too, so that helps him too. But I just think you have to go. I would want to see them team up, team up Jason Tatum with a a a, a great point guard. Like who? That's where it get tricky though, because who would be available? You know. Um, but just an example of one: the rising of Kobe White with his scoring and what he's been able to do passing the ball. Um, I think he'll help them. Um, who I'm trying to think of somebody who's in a bad situation who could be available. Chris Paul's in a terrible situation. He's hurt right now too. But before that, the, the before the Warriors made that move, I, if I was the Celtics, I would have been on the phone with them. He's a great defender, and he can set up my boy Jason Tatum, who does. He can take some of that ball handling, playmaking responsibility off of him. He so, wants to pass the ball first, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking of. Take some of that pressure off of Jason. Now you can have him in some flare downs. You can have him in, you know, off-ball screens. A lot of things you could have him do versus even if Peyton Pritchett or Derek White bring the ball up. Y'all know it ain't going to take long before Jason Tatum come get it. And nine times out of ten, Jason Tatum probably bought it up. So it's, I just think in that aspect, you just need something different. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about what you had just said and everything. He's been doing a lot of point. And like you say, it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm when you do that as well. You know, like you say, you want a shooter to shoot. You still got to, you know, it's a team game. Right. You, you, you got to get your guys involved or they'll give up on you. Yeah, exactly. Listen, uh, before we move on, uh, we know about how great Kobe White, you know, Tar Heels for life, how great his first half of the season has been. It's been immaculate. You know, he's a scorer. We know that. He also can pass the ball. You just brought him up. Maybe he could help out BC as well with JT. But uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, Kobe Kobe White, man, and what you expect from him going forward? He got he got about he got about 25, 30 more to go. Um, just great leap from him this year. Uh, he's sitting at nineteen right now. It's nineteen and what was this? Uh, yeah, nineteen and five assists on forty six. So it's it's a you can just see the growth 
from what he was doing the past couple of years. He was so quiet. He was just going under the radar. You don't really hear about him. Um, he was lost in that that the shuffle of DeMar DeRozan, um, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso. Then I, I I said it too. The Lonzo Ball deal hurt Kobe White a lot too, because Lonzo really was what the Chicago Bulls team needs to to function. I I think I said this in the earlier episode. The problem with Chicago Bulls right now is Lonzo. They don't have their Lonzo. We seen how good they was when Lonzo was there, and mm-hmm. he had that. It was they looked amazing. Totally different team. Totally different team, and that's why I love Lonzo. You can't just pick somebody. Up. It replaced what Lonzo gives you. Right. You can't. So now with him getting an opportunity, with Lonzo going down, with Zach Levine just choosing not to play at this point, um, DeMar DeRozan being in and out, uh, he's getting a chance to really – he's getting the majority of those minutes, and he's taking advantage of Putting it on tape. And, hey, man, if Chicago's not your home, bro – Get out of there. If they, <laughs> if they don't want you, I'm pretty sure what you're doing right now, somebody will take you. Yep. They, they would love to have you. <laughs> That's right. Think about it. Listen, you got district, okay? You got Washington, and you got Denver. I want to talk about Denver. All right. I, I, I need to know what they need to do, man, because they're going to have to get this thing together, bro. All right. Okay. Defending champions don't even feel like that no more. I don't even know why we even keep bringing it up because they ain't playing like they're defending champions. Okay. Jamal Murray, the issues with him, what he's doing, what he ain't doing. We know, you know, Jockers, you know, he's going to give you what he gave you every single night and everything. Even if it's a low double-double, a low triple-double, then he still gave you everything he could give you that night. I need to know right now who needs to step up, what needs to turn around for this team to even come back up in the conversation of making a run as defending champions, baby. Uh, Jamal Murray missed 13 games. Mm. That right there is the problem. That alone is the problem. Um, yes, this roster is well constructed. It is a it's a great constructed team. You got a lot of valuable pieces on this team. But everybody understands you guys don't go nowhere without Joker and Jamal Murray. Point blank period. JJ. That's what it is, and that's all it's going to be. So you guys need to get him healthy. He needs to stay healthy. And healthy enough, not not just healthy enough to play. Healthy enough to be Jamal Murray. It, it, that run y'all had, yeah, Joker was amazing. Once in a lifetime. Jamal Murray, though, also had a lot of big plays. Yep. He had a lot to do with y'all getting there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Joker, Joker's Joker. Nothing else to say about him. He, right now, is. I don't even think is you can't argue that he's not the best player in the NBA, and he can't jump over a phone book. But <laughs> Jamal <laughs> Jamal Murray is his guy, and we we've it's been established that nobody can do it by themselves. And even if you have a, a a second guy, if you guys don't click right, it still won't work. Right. You have you guys have two guys who can go to any other team and be the number one option, and they click, they click. Well, it's it's it really don't make no sense how well they could. Mm-hmm. But if they can get the thing done, and it's gonna have to happen sooner than later, man, because they're running out of time. Yeah, I got you. Listen, check this out. Uh, guess what? <clears throat> the Hornets is going for number four, baby. Can you believe it? I can't even believe I'm saying it, okay? But I am saying it because it's true. The Charlotte Hornets is going for win number four in a row tonight. Listen. What you think about this thing, man? First of all, is the is the Miller ball playing? I don't know. I just went to look that up. Brandon Miller, okay. 
Miles Bridges, this Roston head coach. First of all, you tell me how you think about this matchup between the Hornets and the Jazz. So, Lamelo's out still. Okay, he's still out, but they seem to have enough on the floor. Yeah. The last three games, uh, they've been without him, and they yeah, still won. But I did uh, want to know whether or not he was playing, because that is kind of important. But yeah, Brandon Milliman coming into his own. He's out. Um, I'm sorry, this caught my eye. They got Jazz at an 89.7% chance to beat us. <laughs> Disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But, um, <sighs> these guys are what we just talked about with Detroit. It's not fully there yet, but they're establishing a culture. They're establishing a culture of we actually give, we actually care, we actually, we actually, it actually matters to us. And then it, it, it's partly to do when you got two guys who are from Charlotte back on the team. Um, you, we talked about the Trey Mann situation. You got in Mitchich. You got two guys who were just sitting around waiting for a chance to just play some basketball. Um, so I just think it's all going to work out. Um, yeah, this 89% is crazy. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand that, man. Especially how they done warmed up ever since the trade deadline and made that thing happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't get that part. We got our legit scoring options right now in Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller doing what he's doing. Uh I just think we're clicking on all cylinders right now. Mm-hmm. How you feel about the signing, Marquise Bolden? Uh, was, that, was that to help the, the big man situation? Yeah, with Mark Williams being out, um, Nick Richards having to be in the starting lineup so much, and I think we released JT Thor. I'm not exact. I'm not too sure, uh, but yeah, it was just one of those to depth pickups. But he was his G League stats did look nice. If I I want to say he was around 17 and 11. So that's that's a great pickup if he can give you anywhere from like six and seven mm-hmm. on coming off that bench. That's a great pickup. About tw- about ten rips, man. Yeah. By, but you know, if you can get about ten rips in there, you don't really got great, to score. That's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could give us anything, <laughs> anything off the bench, we'll take it. I got you. Uh, one more thing before we move on. I, I really, truly feel that uh, Brandon Miller is coming into his own. We have talked about him on several different occasions, and uh, I think that he's taking it seriously. He's taking it personal, and he really want to show the world, that, hey, I'm here to stay. I'm here to play. Uh, I just hope that we'll be able to hold on to him, but we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, with the development of Brandon Miller, uh, tell me about the second half of his season. Um, You just want to see it continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the season's pretty much, it is what it is. The season's a wash. Uh. Right now, we just want to see the growth and see what we can keep from this team going forward. Right. And that's Brandon Miller. What really, he's shown the ability to score and all of that. I want to see mainly on ball defense. I want to see you play better on that. And then also just with the ball in your hand. Um, I see a lot of your scoring coming off ball. I want to see you get to the rim and finish. A lot more efficiently, and it's been flashes of that, but yeah. it hadn't been sustainable yet. Yeah, and that's that was the and that's the thing early, and he's shown growth at that department. Early on, it looked terrible. It looked like he was uh, he had no, he didn't have the body wasn't developed yet, so he he was struggling with taking contact, finishing through contact, uh, you know, getting a shot off above taller players. But I'm seeing like he's developed a little midi floater that he got in his game now. Um, He's using his length with his arms to, you know, the kind of hook shot layup thing. Um, so, like I'm saying, I just want to see the continued growth in those areas. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, now think about it. Now, we done already mentioned it. Three-game win streak before the ASG, all right? And that's great. That ain't nothing but momentum in my eyes. Then I had time to rest and heal up and everything. They should be feeling real fresh, real good. Uh, so, uh, do they get this done tonight against the Jazz where everybody else done gave the Jazz an 89% chance to win this thing? I personally going for the Hornets, but how you feel? I think the Hornets pull it out. Um, I just I just love Brandon Miller's attitude. And right now, I think he's the de facto leader with LaMelo being out. And just his attitude of he's going to speak up. He's going to say something. Um, my favorite thing is the he made a shot. It was the first person back on defense. And he turned around and told everybody to get back. Exactly. So I just love that. Then they asked him about um, at the over the All-Star weekend, he participated in the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. They was asking him about that. He was like, uh, my main focus is winning in Charlotte. I, I love it. I love that attitude. It's great, ain't it, man? I oh, love that attitude. So refreshing. Great to hear and see, you know? Uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets, they still have a head coach, but we'll talk about that later. Listen, Lakers and the Warriors, baby. Listen, first of all, I think LeBron is a DNP already. Okay, it's Washington. He ain't going to be there. Well, he's going to be there, but he ain't going to be playing. I want to talk about LeBron for one quick second now. Is he going to return? Is he going to retire? Or is he going to join another team? Uh, I think he returns. I think he returns. Um, just because of the... I know everybody's saying the Bronny situation. I think he's really backed us into a corner to where we have to draft Bronny. And I think he knows that as well. We can't let him go. If we did, everything going back to the Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram trade is for nothing. It's for nine. It's for one championship in 2020. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Because losing LeBron right now... I mean, whenever we whenever we do lose him, it's something that we're going to have to face. Hopefully it's to retirement, though, right? Yeah. And that's what he said. He came out and said he wants to end his career with the Lakers. So, But we know how that goes. Uh, I don't pay too much attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, just, like, if he leaves, we have nothing. We have AD, yes. But we don't have anything to be a contender with. Right, right. And you just brought up AD and everything. You know, he's a walking what? Double-double. What do he need to do the second half of this floater, man? Because he needs to make sure that, you know, it don't need to be them low double-doubles. It need to be them high double-doubles or, I should say, efficient, impactful double-doubles. Yeah, uh, stop the the 12-point games. Pretty Mm. much it. Stop the 12-point games. Those only happen when when he's not being aggressive, when he's not asserting himself. Feels like a like a focus sometimes. Yeah, it's like he he comes in one game, gives it all, takes the next night off. That's and I, I. Part of me thinks it's the, if I'm out there, they won't talk about me as much. Versus if I if I rarely rest the way I want to rest, they will call me street clothes again. <laughs> So I'm just go out here and run up and down, put the ball in the hole a couple times. Well, what are you doing, warming up the whole game? That's what I'm, saying. I'm, saying, I'm not, not going to exert myself too much. I ain't going to – I'm going to get some light cardio in there. Uh, I'm a, that ain't going to work, I'm going to shoot the ball so they don't say I ain't doing nothing. Uh, shoot it. But, yeah, it, I think that's really what it is, just the – Finding a way to balance to take a night on, take a night off. You can't mm-hmm. really rest games no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's trying to find a balance of that. But I don't want to see that. No. If you step foot on that court, 
If you step yourself in between them lines. It's time to play. Yeah, I want 100% every time. Every right. single time. All right, uh, the second of the night cap, them San Antonio Spurs is playing the Kings, man. You know I'm always on Wimby Watch. I love it, man. Must see TV type situation. Uh, so, uh, uh. Uh, Victor Wambiyama is uh, halfway through his first rookie season, okay? Uh, so now I think he's developing some things. He's understanding some more stuff. He's getting more acclimated to the league, the speed of play, and what to expect night in and night out. So talk to me. I mean, uh, two games ago, I think we missed 27, 14 rebounds and 10 blocks. Mm, yeah, yeah. What in the world is that? <laughs> That is a 2K stat line if I ever seen one. <laughs> he was ready that night. And it just shows, and that's coming off of the, the, the two rebound night. So it, it just shows that I don't know this man. He had a talk, he had a talk with Greg Pop, baby. He's, a, he's, he's another, how many, how many wonders of the world is it? Seven? Seven, something like that, yeah. maybe eight and a half. Y'all missed one. <laughs> he was out there in front. <laughs> a boo boo off our swap. <laughs> Cause this it don't make sense, right? He, yeah, I seen him do the Space Jam. I'm not. When I say Space Jam, you know I ain't talking about the LeBron James movie. The original. I'm talking about the real Space the Jam. Original, okay. I, I, Number twenty three. I seen him do the the end of the game with when the, when the uh, Monstars was grabbing on them and he stretched his arm out. Yeah. Victor did that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew the talent was there. We the God gift of seven foot whatever is there. We get that. Now he's getting that drive. That that and I think that's really what separates people. Everybody's talented. Everybody might not be seven foot three. Everybody's talented though. Everybody can dribble the ball. We've seen clips of Andre Drummond. In, in pickup games, doing ISO crossovers, step back threes. So everybody in the NBA got some type of skills to them. So let's not – it's just with this guy and those guys who are just – you know, when, once they step foot on the court, you can just tell the LeBron James of the world, the Kevin Durant's of the world, the the, the Victors, the, uh, the Luka Doncic's. When they stepped on the court, he was like, oh – we got to watch this. Right, exactly. <laughs> What separates them, though, you know, Kobe wasn't that guy. He became that guy off of mentality. You can make yourself that guy if you have the mentality. You can also cost yourself from being that guy if you've never learned that. He's learning that. Right. He's learning, yes, I am the best player out here. I got to carry myself as such. I can't take plays off. I can't take plays where I settle for something because I know I can do it. No. You know you can do a thousand things. Go to the one that makes sense. Right. Get it done. Exactly. And like I say, I am I am uh, really enjoying the growth and uh, the things that he's showing. And uh, I'm very excited on the second half of the season and, and just the, the more that we see. Uh, we know it, it's not going to be nothing mind-boggling as far as scoring and what they'll be able to take and do as far as games won this season. But going forward, it, it's all up. Uh, listen, as far as uh, the Sacramento Kings, you know how to talk about Harrison Barnes, another UNC alumni, Tar here for life. He's been doing very, very good out there, and De'Aaron De Fox, that is his team, basically. But when they come together, man, they're hard to beat. Uh, do, what do you see uh, them doing? What places they going to take? Uh, and where you see them dropping, man, or where you see them ending up uh, when it comes to uh, the end of the season, um, post-play? Right now, they're at eight, and I think that's really where they stay. 
they stay somewhere around that seven, eight, right in that play-in area from from anywhere from seven to ten. Uh, ten is a stretch for me. I don't think they drop that far, but I can see them dropping to a nine just because of it's the Lakers behind them, right in front of them is, is Dallas that we just talked about, New Orleans. Then you get into Phoenix. So I, this is a tight little window of what these teams can be. The the ceiling of these teams, um, is it's just gonna be, can y'all put it on the floor? Can y'all actually put it on the floor? And then we, yeah, y'all did it last year, but when it comes to team success, it's not, it's not something that one year is gonna convince people that you guys are are there. Mm-hmm. It was a great year. Don't get me wrong. I think, like I said, I think they were the third seed overall last year. Now you guys have more of a bump in the road. You have a lot more to overcome this year. Uh, can you young guys do it? Are you young? Have you young guys finally made that step? Like we're going to be here year in and year out, or is it? That was just an anomaly. Right, exactly. Well, you know it's going to be some must-see TV, baby, and we're going to watch it, then after that, we're going to chop it up. Listen, you know what it is, man. We love women's sports, period. Okay, let's talk about a WCBB, baby. Women's college basketball. I have a couple of things that I wanted to get to now. Uh, UConn took care of Creighton, 73-53. to 53. Put that 20-point drop on them. Now, listen, you had already said, we mentioned this already. Hey, listen, when it comes to Paige Beckers, man, listen, y'all better well, watch out because the only taking, the only throwing in that side was South Carolina. We know they probably won't see them to the end, but you said every single team they come up against between now and then, they better watch out because it's full pedal to the metal. Yeah, uh... It is because that we know what's at the top of that mountain. Mm-hmm. We know what we're going to have to face if, and I'm pretty sure Gino's telling them, when we get there. So it's no time to play around. It's no time to pit a pad around these games or just, you know, try to squeak out with a victory. Nah, we need to go in there. Step on some legs, step on some throats. Dominate every night. And walk out of there, and we can go eat some Chipotle or whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, whatever that's meal prep good. plan y'all got up there. Hey, hey, starch, <laughs> carbohydrates, lots of protein. You know? So they're just, <laughs> and then pages. See, I just love it. You know, college sports to me is a is a beautiful thing. I think it, I think it just means so much. And pages, she's reminded me of that. Yeah, this school means so much to me. I understand the opportunity that they gave me, and I want to give it all I got. She's already said she's coming back for her senior year. Mm-hmm. That when I seen our men, when I seen Baycott and them do that for the Tar Heels, it was just like yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like you say, playing for what's across your shirt, play man. What's, what's across, across your jersey? jersey. Yeah, play for what's on the front and not what's on the back. Right, exactly. And you know, she uh, she had came back from that injury, uh, fought through all of that adversity, and uh, never gave in, never gave up, never gave out. And uh, we seeing the product of that right now. Listen, this is another game that I want to talk to you too, man. I want to talk to you about uh, Notre Dame and that Duke game. Now, Duke lost this game, sixty-two to seventy, against Notre Dame, uh, but the head coach uh, uh, Carl Lawson. All right, this is this is. Uh, what I want to talk about this one. Duke lost this game, but the head coaching for Duke was immaculate, man. All right. Uh, Notre Dame gave them a little bit more than what they can handle. I actually feel like Duke was kind of playing out of their game and what they brought to the court. 
But Coach Lawson said, bottom line, man, I seen her when she was talking to her players. She said, this is it. This is what it's about. This is what we're going to have to continue with. This is what the M&M is about. March Madness, you're going to get this every night. And if you don't come correct, we will be going home after a loss. Yeah. Uh, Really? When I, I didn't, when, when I'm looking at this game, we talk about Hidalgo all the time. She led this charge. And I'm looking at the defensive side of it because uh, that's what I think of when I think of this Notre Dame Hidalgo being the, the face of their team and her play style is get your work done early. Get your work done early mm-hmm. and it allows for the easier. It, it makes everything easier on the other side. So with her, she she led the game with four steals. Uh, Kitron, Citron, Chipped in four steals. They had a team total of 13 steals tonight. Duke turned the ball over 21 times tonight. In an eight-point loss, that's the game. Right. Then I looked at something else in the third quarter. The, up to a halftime, Duke was up by three. You come out in the third quarter and lose 21-9, to nine, mm-hmm. there's no way you – you win a game like that. Right, right, right. So it's more of Duke lost it instead of Notre Dame actually winning that thing, if you think about it, yeah, man, if they could have put it together. Ball security, and I understand Hidalgo is a, a defensive menace. Still a machine. She's going to poke some out. She's going to get some out of you. You can't allow her to get four out of you. And then even if she does, you can't allow Citron to get four out of you. You can't give up 13 steals because that's 13 Easy buckets. Right, exactly. And I think that was at home on this too, man. And you know, that's a, a very uh, hostile work environment. Uh, but they did get it done. So I'm hoping they're going to be able to pull it together. And I do have confidence in the coach. And I think that they will, man. Going to be something to watch, something to listen oh, yeah. to. And, so, you know, I think it's going to be all right. Carl Lawson some time. Yeah. It's a, it's a building It's a building uh, thing. It's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, and like I said, she's building it up. And recruits are already recognizing it. She has somebody. I, next episode, I'm gonna have this girl's name for us. She has somebody coming who, to my eyes, is the equivalent of what Duke men's basketball has coming in Cooper Flag. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a tall guard who can do almost everything on the floor. Hey, you know it's going to be fun to watch, man. Have that for us, okay? Check this out. We got games on tap tonight. Listen, now you got Ohio State and Penn State, all right? Now, listen, Ohio State molly Nebraska on their last game, 80-47. to 47. Uh, Ohio State is, is uh, sitting at uh, number two right now, 22-3. Uh, uh, they ready to go ahead and make that run. Post play, baby. Yeah, they, they, they ready. Um, And that's the thing. Like we talked about Ohio State, they started off – up in this conversation early on. They were just involved in the group of the best players. You know, they was involved in the teams that everybody thought would be here at the end early on. They were seven to start the season. They lost to 21 USC um, that dropped them down. Then I think they had some bad losses somewhere. A UCL loss and then an unranked Michigan loss. So it, it, it bounced them down steadily early in the season. That was December. We're seeing in February now. They're the number two team in the next. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it showed that no matter what they was faced with, no matter what came their way, it didn't let them. It didn't sway how they thought about themselves, or how they thought about this team, or how they thought about where we are actually. Right. You know, you can lose a couple games. You can lose to a Michigan, and the, the voices start creeping in the back of your head, like ah. This ain't going to be the year, y'all. Yeah. And you can start, you know, it can start affecting play. They didn't let that happen. You know, you you start off your season by losing to a freshman. 
Because that USC game, honestly, you lost to Juju. Yeah, that could be a... Uh, maybe next year. Right. No, but they kept going, they kept fighting, and now they're back in that position of... Now the only thing is, you're not going to catch nobody off guard. Mm. Everybody's going to be ready for you. Yeah, exactly. And so they better come with it every single night. But that's the thing. They've been ready for everybody, too. So Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch that as well. Listen, now, Louisville, they're trying to make a bounce back, man, because Louisville lost against a very talented uh, Virginia Tech team, 86-70. to 70. Uh, Louisville is trying to take and uh, uh, beat Georgia Tech tonight. You think they're going to be able to get it done coming after that L? Um, yeah, I just like the scrappiness of this team. And then with a team who – this is the team that I don't think they depend on strictly, strictly talent. They depend on knowing the game and knowing how to – Knowing how much effort affects the game, so they don't. I just don't think lesser, lesser teams will be able to upset them because they don't come out there and take anybody for granted. Everybody's gonna get the same defense. Everybody's gonna get the same scrappiness. Everybody's gonna get the same level of intensity night in, night out. So it don't matter. The only way you're gonna beat us is if you match our. Scratch that. Is if you match and plus some with our intensity. Right. You have to go above what we're doing, or it's just not going to bone for well for you. Yeah, I got you. You think, you think Van Leaf missing them? Um, the Van Leaf thing is, I, I I listened to an interview with her. The Van Leaf thing, it kind of makes more sense to me now. She made a decision to to further her career on the next level. She's not going to be playing two guard. She'll be playing point guard at the next level. She needed to go somewhere where she would be able to play point guard with some great people around her. And Kim Mulkey was a great point guard herself. She's the point guard whisperer. So I think that's what it was. And she she took the challenge. She knew it wasn't going to be easy. She knew. And she said that. She said, I I knew I was going to come here. It was going to be something different for me. It was going to feel different. Um, You know, having the reins in my hands last year to this year is not really my team. Uh, So that's the growing pains of it. Yeah. Usually if you step out of the box... You experience growth, and that seems like that's what's going on. Got you. Listen, no one South Carolina is going to be playing Alabama. And again, I just want to emphasize how can uh, Don Staley continue to keep her players focused and not look past any games, man? Because I'm trying to tell you, listen, whether you want to or not, a lot of times with this much success, players can start looking past opponents, and we know that's very dangerous. So how is Don Staley able to keep them in check? I just think they've already established. And that's the thing. We talk about culture all the time on this show. Her culture is no frills. It's no no nonsense. None of that. If you putting on this jersey, if you step, like we just said, if you stepping on that floor, if you putting on that jersey, not even the other team, the game deserves your utmost respect. It deserves everything you've got because the game is going to give you everything it can. You just have to be willing to take it. Right. So that's just, I think she's, and we talk about how it's a close-knit family type thing in South Carolina. The alumni are still involved in talking to the players who are still there. Don Staley's still involved in all her alumni and what they're doing. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's something that's just, you feel like, they won't let that happen because not only will they feel like they're letting themselves down, they'll feel like they're letting Don Staley down. They'll feel like they're letting South Carolina down. They'll feel like they're letting the league of Boston 
uh, Angel Wilson down. It's they're really playing for what's on the front of their jerseys. Right, exactly. And all season long, but it's always been like this. When whatever team Don Staley has uh, put together and created, accountability is extremely high. And I think they take that on a very I serious love watching, clip. Watching how they react to her coaching them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She feisty. It's, it's eye contact, no words. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah, listen, you got Clemson and Notre Dame. I know how you feel about Clemson. Hadn't had a really good season. But Notre Dame and Hidalgo and the silly machine and everything she can give, baby, I think she'll take care of business like that. But listen, Duke-Syracuse. Duke, uh, listen, Syracuse is not a slouch, man. Please don't sleep on Syracuse. We done said that more than one time. But I want to know about the, the, the mentality and the bounce back that Duke need to come with in this game. Duke-Syracuse, talk to me. Um, I just, with, with Coach Lawson, I think she's just going to want these – Ladies to fight. Uh, we know how records and rankings work. You're going to come in the underdog. Everybody's going to count you off, write you off. Um, she's shown, though, that you guys can come out and out-hustle and out-effort people. You guys do have talent. You wouldn't be here if you did. Y'all just got to... Y'all got to play the same way each quarter. Quarter in, quarter out. You can't come in, come out after halftime and be slow. Mm-hmm. You can't do things like that to let the momentum get too far away. If you can keep yourselves in the game until the very end, you, you give yourselves a shot. And I think that's what happened last game. They, they, they took in, uh, it was the end of the game. It was the end of the game. They really kind of lost it and everything. They were like, they was in contention the whole entire time. It's kind of like they lost focus right there at the end. And, and a couple little mental errors and mistakes is what cost them. Yeah, just keep them locked in. And I think Coach Lawson will have them ready all right, and it's a like I said, it's a building thing. So it's something that game in and game out, you just want to see. Okay, we learned from that. Mm-hmm. We learned from we 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 slowed down a little too early. We took our we took our foot off the gas a little too early. Let's drive through the finish line this time. Exactly, growth and development very important. <laughs> Iowa's playing Indy, man. Okay, you got Iowa, Indiana. You know how we feel about CC and Caitlin Clark. Uh, she's gonna continue to make history and uh, add to that stat line and everything. I'm looking for her to uh, take and do a double double. Uh, however, she can make that happen. How about this ACC matchup, baby? You got NC State and UNC. Now, the last game the UNC played, man, they made it so much more harder than they needed to, man. They just they just did. I don't know. It's like the, the UNC has got to start finishing these games, man. Uh, you take you got a situation where I think they just you do a little bit too much ISO. They're not taking care of the ball. Alyssa Usby, I'm having questions a little bit about her shot selection, but when they get going, they're good, man. But how do you feel about the UNC uh, NC State matchup? Why is Usby leading rebounds at 9.7 a game? That's what I'm saying, man, because you know we got you got the one down the center downstairs, man. Yeah, that, uh, that's ding, what, ding. yeah, I need to step up. I told you that a long time ago. We needed to see more productivity, not point-wise, but grabbing them rips. Yeah, it's, these stats are telling me what we've seen all year. Daisy Kelly leads in points. Us believes in rebounds. Us believes in assists. Us believes in steals. Us believes in blocks. What is everybody else doing? Watching. <laughs> that's it, man. Watching. And that's why they, that's why they, the, the record is what it is. And until y'all figure that out, I don't know what to tell y'all. Because mm. it's it's something that two people just can't beat. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You can't. You know, listen, we done already talked about this at any given level. It's hard to be the big two. You need the big three and you need team. 
team, 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 team wins. Okay, moving on. Listen, you got Auburn and LSU, okay? Uh, we just talked about Kim Mulkey, you know, a great coaching ability and everything that she has, Van Leaf and everything she has to do, Vlaje and Jerese, you know, they're taking just the face of uh, everything that's happening is just great on the things that LSU is doing. They're priming themselves up now, okay? Right now, I think they need to go ahead and win all the way out and then just come into the tournament smoking red hot. Yeah, um... Lately, I've seen more bench production from them. Um, last year, Poe had a great game the other night. Um, they got six people in double digits as far as averages, so that means at least somebody's coming off the bench averaging their their points. Um, y'all just got to keep that up. Y'all just got to keep it up and hope Haley Van Lee finds a way to contribute scoring wise as well as continue doing what she's doing because she did she took on that role as uh being the facilitator she leads the team and assists at four assists a game right now cool but Haley what got you is putting that ball in that hoop uh we still need you to do that from time to time right because when you think about LSU just like what you just said First names that pop, what? It's Andrew Reese, uh, Flajay Johnson, all of those right there. But I'm trying to tell you, man, the the way LSU, their rest of their season and all of their post play is going to hang on the balance of Van Lee's play. You know, and I think she recognizes that. But now we got to see whether or not she's willing or can she answer the call. I know she's developing some things. But listen, hey, it's, it's time to shine. You, yeah. you have to do it now. Ain't nothing wrong with going back to what got you here in certain situations. Certain situations, and it, it, it's that takeover mentality. Sometimes we do need you to take the game over. Don't feel like you can't do that because you're on a new team. We brought you here knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Exactly. And we're going to take a camera, keep a real close eye on it. San Francisco is, is uh, going to play uh, Gonzaga. You know, you know, you got that TNT down there with the Trunk Sisters. I look for them to take care of business, but don't look past them. San Francisco can give you some trouble. But let's go to U University, baby. I said it, U University. Utah and UCLA on the nightcap, baby. We got AP. And then UCLA, we got Osborne, Jones, and GT, Triple J's sister. Uh, talk to me about this, man, because uh, they need to make it uh, really happen. I think this is going to be a great game, Utah and UCLA. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the thing with this one is they 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 kind of do it in two different ways. Utah is, you know, they go through Elisa Peely, and she can kind of give it to you inside out. I think UCLA is more guard-orientated, um, and they just they try to get up on you early and don't let you back in the game. Mm-hmm. Which I think would be hard to do against this Utah team, just because Utah is—they're one of those other scrappy teams. They're—they're—they understand that nobody was watching for them. Nobody had them on their list, whatever that list is. Utah probably wasn't on it. So every night they're coming out with, yeah, we gonna make y'all see us. <laughs> we here. <laughs> and I think it kind of just it, it, it flows through just all of this team and when they play they play for each other mm-hmm. that's and, very important and that's the thing they play for each other they, they're they so excited to see somebody having a big night it's not about them every game every single night they, they they're really proud of what they're doing out there in Utah yeah teamwork dream work who you got winning that game um I'm gonna go UCL. I mean, I'm gonna go Utah. I'm gonna go Utah. I think Pilly has another big game. Um, 
And I think just that with her and what she's doing on the rebounding and scoring and things like that, I just think she she gives them enough to walk out of there with the win. Give me a score. I go 83-76. Cool. Don't miss a minute of this exciting action and matchup, people. Women's college basketball is just going to get better and better and better. Listen, Dima man. Let's talk about men's college hoops for just one second right here. Listen, you kind of lost to Crete and mean anything? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. What does it mean, man? I don't think it means. First off, they won by 19. It, <laughs> exactly. They, 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 85 to 66. Yeah. They went out there and whooped them. Yeah, that was Molly Watt mentality. They, but it, 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 to me, it says Creighton is legit. They're legit. And now they've kind of let everybody know, yeah, we're we're coming for y'all. We're we're coming, and we 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 talked about Creighton as of late too, because they, they've been doing it steadily throughout the year. Right, right. In this particular game, four out of their five starters was in what double digits, man. That's high efficiency. They, we here. They took a loss to UConn earlier in the season, uh, 60, 62 to forty eight. So they avenged that one, and that's the. That's the one that sits with them because that's the one you expect to. If you want to get to that mountaintop, you have to go through them, whether it is in that conference tournament or you expect to see them at some point in the NCAA tournament. That's a big win for y'all. And for it to be decisive like the way it was, it shows that we are capable of this. We're capable of doing this to anybody. And it just it brings a new breath of life into your team. Yeah, exactly. It was a definite wake up call. Like I say, as far as UConn is concerned, this is the one that they wanted to lose. They didn't want to lose when they get in the post play. You know what I mean? And I think it was a wake up call because they was. On, I think they may have been on the longest. Uh, winning streak in men's college hoops, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Crete was able to take and knock that down. Uh, so now you kind of get shaken, you know, back into your senses, saying that, hey, listen, you know, we still got a big target on our back, and we're gonna have to bring it every single night. So please don't sleep. Listen, now uh, UNC did beat Virginia Tech ninety six to eighty one. As we said before, Ingram had a double double in the first half. Are they back on track after that tough loss? Um, they uh, right now, excuse, right now they're still doing the one and one and one and one and one. So. Let them win at least two games in a row. Then I might. And then it depends on how they do it. But then I'm just tired of seeing the win one, lose one. Right, yeah. The next game is against Virginia. UNC, next game is against Virginia. We Talk to them. won in Virginia, I want to say, since like 2017. Well, listen, people had to stop like breaking records and making records against UNC, man, because the same thing was with Clemson and everything, breaking records, making records. We got tired of being on the wrong side of history, man, when it comes to basketball. But this time... This time maybe we gonna end that little losing streak, mm-hmm. um, you know. And right now, I just think we are the better team. Um, yeah, they need to show it on the court every night, man. You know, uh, but I that's take, the thing. I don't know which team is gonna show up. Right, exactly, and and, and that's what we need some consistency. Cause like you said. In this particular game, Ingram, he had a double-double with 12 points and 17 rips. Great job. Baycock had 25 points and 12 uh, rips. All right, both of them had a double-double. All right, RJ Davis, he took and he made a resurgence with 20. Ryan had 16. Cadeau still only had eight points, and Trimble only had four. Okay, and then after that, you know, we had a little bit, what, uh, 11 points off the bench. Yeah. Well, no, we're 15. Anyway, uh, so like you say, that is what it is. They are who they are. But like you say, we need to see more of this consistency right here, man, because they already know they're in tournament time right now. This is tournament right now. It don't even start in March for them. Yeah, it's just the um, – I want to see y'all figure out how to get everybody going for one game. 
Just give me one game where everybody seems to have it going. One. Because mm-hmm. then I can tell that shit is possible. Right now, it's always two guys, one guy, mm-hmm. maybe three guys, four, five. Y'all pushing it. We need squad play. Y'all are pushing it. <laughs> but cause even this game, we, we, I will take the 12 or 17 from Harrison Ingram. Love it. 411, 0 for 4. I don't love that. Right. I will take the 16 from Carmack Ryan. 4 for 11. Don't love that. All four of your mates came from the three-point line, in the free throw line. So you just need to shoot from behind some type of line. (laughs) (laughs) I know how you talk about efficiency, man. I really know how. It's my pet peeve. Right, efficiency, man. Because now you're just jacking stuff up. Mm -hmm. I don't care to see you just shooting shots. That's not what I'm here to do. (laughs) Be selective. Make good shots. Even if you miss them, make good shots. Take a good shot. Right. I got you. All right. We're going to see what they're able to do against Virginia and everything. Well, check this out. We'll do the game on tap. We got Rutgers and Purdue. All right. Uh, Purdue lost their last game uh, uh, against Ohio State, 73-69. Uh, uh, Edie, uh, he had a double-double, but it was not enough. He had 22 points with 13 rips, and they lost that game against Ohio State. Do they make a bounce back tonight against Rutgers, Purdue-Rutgers, tonight? Yeah, I think they're still fine. It would, you look at these numbers, people just couldn't find the hole this mm-hmm. game. It was just bad. Uh, I think they're fine still. Uh you talk about it too. These are the games you want to get out of your system early uh, mm. because you don't have a chance to. If you wait till a match morning, that that's it for you. Right. You don't. You don't have a. You don't have so a you game get in these, the next night. These bad games out. These letting games slip away from you. You want to get them out now. Mm. Um, and then it gives you something on tape to look at. Right. Figure out what y'all did wrong or how y'all let this happen to y'all. Right, exactly. Uh, listen, also on a nightcap, you take you have Washington State against Arizona. Uh, Arizona sitting at number four right now. I, listen, have you heard any big names come out of uh, Arizona since uh, Richard Jefferson? Arizona. Uh, he did go DeAndre there, didn't he? Ayton. Didn't he go there? Yeah, Richard Jefferson went there. Okay. DeAndre Ayton. Well, you know what he's doing. Yeah. All right, but um, <laughs> listen, <laughs> what about this Arizona-Washington game? Um... I think Arizona's still one of the better teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. Still. Uh, I don't really know too much about Washington. Yeah, because on the coast that they play, man. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I don't really know too yeah, much. Yeah, I think that Arizona probably uh, to take care of that as well. Listen, here's a couple more games that I really wanted to hit on and highlight real quickly, man. Uh, they're going to be played on the 24th, and I think they must see TV. Really, all of them are. Listen, uh, we have a situation where Houston plays Baylor next Oh, you, I know how you feel about Baylor, uh, and we know we have talked about Houston on more than one occasion. Now, uh, the last game that Houston played, they did beat Iowa State 73-65, to but they was only able to put up 73 points against Iowa State, and we talked about that 90. They ain't reached that pinnacle yet. I'm, I'm talking about Houston, that is. Yeah. Really putting on an offensive production because we know who they are defensively. Let's talk about the offense for a second because I'm going to tell you, man, in this tournament, it's going to be some high-flying action on the offensive end of the ball. Yeah, we've seen teams uh, put up that 90 points regularly this year. Right. It's, it's become a regular thing. And their highest scoring game this season is 89 against West Virginia. That's not terrible. That's not bad. Just... I see way more 68s, 57s, 57, 76, 
uh, you know, 67, 73. I see a lot more of those mm-hmm. in here yeah. than you guys getting into that 80s and, and things like that. But it's also, we understand they do focus so much on defense. I think they, they try to speed you up and then slow down what they do. So it kind of, it makes sense. Now, the one thing I can say, you're going to have to be able to put up 90 on our defense. Yeah, we're going to have, you know, yeah, your your plan is to outscore us. Cool. Fine. You actually have to do it. Though. Right. There you go. And I just think they've bought so much into that defensive side. Even if you beat us, is we've we seen that Kansas game. Yeah, they they lost that one. It was still kind of like up in the they Kansas, first off, had to match their defense. It wasn't like Kansas – I think Kansas scored only 75 that game. So it wasn't like Kansas came out there and lit them up. They had to buy into their defense. They had to match fire with fire. A lot of teams aren't going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's when I think it'll benefit them to just play y'all's game. Yes, I do want to see y'all get hot. That's the one thing. I haven't seen y'all get hot offensively. And y'all are going to need that in March Madness. Right. It comes a game, if you're making that long run, it comes a game where somebody's going to have to just be hot. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, When I think about uh, a post-play, a March Madness in the tournament that's about to uh, take place very shortly, I think about the nerve karma. You can get the nerve karma on defense, but your defense needs to turn into offense. And you know how those games is, man. High pressure, high intensity, high action and everything. Whoever gets it uh, cranking first offensively is more likely going to win the game. And if you let them get too far ahead of you, I don't care how much defense you clamp down on them and everything, you might not be able to recover from that. So you need to go ahead and get get them wheels, get get all of that rolling right now. Get that engine warm. Up now. That's the thing I said though. Uh, when we was talking about Hidalgo for Notre Dame, mm-hmm. it's that do your work early mindset. Do your work early. It makes that other side. So offensively doesn't help you defense, if you get what I'm saying. Right. Doing all your work on this end does nothing for you on this end. Doing all your work on this end does a lot for you on offense. Right, and that's defense, offense, offense, defense. I got you. So, and it makes sense, yeah. It, it, I just think in basketball, you can't go wrong with buying in the defense. Right, exactly, 100%. Listen, check this out. Also, we we'd already talked about the Virginia-UNC game that's coming up. Uh, but I'll, how about this Texas and Kansas game, all right? Uh, how you feel about Texas and Kansas is coming up uh, very soon uh, with what they need to do to consistently get back on track with, you know, quick uh, hitting the light switch on and off and uh, getting their motor running uh, for post-play. Uh, we 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 talked about Kansas too. They they kind of need that that what do you like to call it that pond production. Yep, LPP baby. They kind of need that pond production. Right now they have three players sitting in double digits. One of them's at nineteen, seconds at eighteen, drops all the way down to twelve. Yeah. Then you go eight eight four. Low pond. So it just shows that you guys depend so much on two guys, maybe three. Top heavy. So that's the problem. That's the problem with you guys. Yes, the rest of the team, it, they, they can do it in flashes. Uh, Furphy, Jay Furphy, the freshman, I, he had a big game in that Houston game. So they have people who can come in and do things, but it's just not consistent enough. Like, I wouldn't hang my hat on it. If I was a gambler, man, I wouldn't bet my last $10 on prize picks saying one of these guys is going to have a big game. So it's just that. Um, and that can affect you going into the tournament when you face more complete teams. 
Like, that's why I feel so confident with my targets. We're a more complete team than a lot of these other teams. That will bone well for us come tournament play. Exactly, exactly. And another game that I'm looking forward to watching as well is uh, whether or not UConn can get this bounce back against Villanova. We know who Villanova is and what they stand for, but can UConn get it done, man, and get back on track, you know, because now they got kind of shook to their senses as far as, hey, we can lose a game. So what do you think about this UConn-Villanova uh, matchup on the 24th? Um, I, don't, I, I think they're fine. I think they'll be ready to go. Um, it'll be a – like you said, it'll just be a reminder of we got to show up every night. We can't take these nights off because we can't get caught. Right. And we got something that we trying to do. We got we made it to the mountaintop last year. And it's just that reminding yourselves of how good that feels. And there do y'all is. want that feeling again? Do you or don't you? It's that simple. It's <laughs> well, that, that simple. Well, you know, that's that gotta see TV, baby. We're going to watch and wait and see what happened. And do you know a chap... Chop chop analysis will follow. Listen, you got an update for us, okay? Yeah, in college couple, baseball, talk to me. A couple things from um, opening weekend. So, number one, Wake Forest ran through uh, the little tournament they did three and zero to start the season. So, they look to be the favorites this year. Um, just from what I was able to collect, it's a lot of good teams this year. They just seem to be the the far ahead favorites. Um, also in the first week. We have an early upset. Number two, Florida had fallen to unranked St. John's. Um, just a big thing to me, you know, if you start the season two versus an unranked team, you don't expect that right. to happen so early in the season. Just a big loss for them. Um, and then, you know, I got to touch on some of these Carolina games. I mean, just some Carolina teams. Duke um, was in the Coastal Carolina tournament. They walked out of there um, by winning that one three you know, uh, winning three games this weekend. On um, one of those games, they won twenty-three to five. So, Ooh, now that's offensive productivity. Duke seems to be right there. Um, they seem to be on the cusp of taking this thing seriously. Yeah, they beat George Mason twenty-three to five. Indiana six to three, and then in the final, they beat Coastal five to three to walk out of there with that tournament championship. Um, and there was one more I wanted to talk about. Oh, ECU. Just it's just a feel good story. Um Parker Bird. He's a Eastern Carolina red shirt freshman. In July of twenty twenty two, he was in a bad boating accident. It had to have part of his right leg partially amputated. Today he made his debut. Nice. In college baseball. Um he got to walk on he got to come in the game as a pinch hitter. Um and he actually got on base. Uh, they did take him out to pinch run, but it's just something that's a great warm your heart story. He became the first uh, college athlete to compete with a prosthetic leg. Just amazing, and I think you need these stories just to remind just remind yourself of everything's possible. Yeah, exactly. Don't take one, not absolutely do not take one day for granted and everything, you know, like you say, you know, you go out there and where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, if you continue to take him to fight for it, uh, it can be achieved, man. And uh, uh, that's a great story. And we'll wish him nothing but the absolute best. Appreciate that. Listen, we would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode of the Donald and Donald podcast. You know what it is, people. 
please remember to drink your water. And don't forget to stretch. Yeah, don't worry about your wind. Just know that it's coming. Ask Parker Bird. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to see y'all next episode. Don't miss it. Double D.